It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your daily Celtics podcast here Monday through Friday to talk about everything going on with the Boston Celtics. We are the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales. Jay King joins me as always, and today we are brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app. You will find that it is the easiest way to get tickets for a great value And now that the NBA season is back, you get to see these games up close and in person through the SeatGeek app. We will tell you more about that in a few minutes. Okay, Jay, practice today. Everybody's waiting for word on what is going on with Al Horford and Jay Crowder because we are just sick and tired of waiting for them to come back and having the excuse. And instead of just the normal update, Al Horford drops this weird cryptic quote about what's going on with his concussion. I'll read it right here. Uh, He was asked about his symptoms. And he says, I don't think I can discuss some of those things that the trainers and everyone expect me to do and stuff like that. Uh, But at the end of the day, I have to be able to go out there and play and just feel good about that. Uh, let's see. What else did he say? Uh, I'm not at liberty, not at liberty to discuss a lot of those things yet. Uh, I'm, I'm just not going to discuss them. That just our our trainers. You can talk to them or coach. I'm sure they can maybe give you more information. What the hell does that mean? Uh, (laughs) uh, the thing is like, should we be worried? And I don't think we should be worried beyond the obvious, He's already missed seven games with a concussion, which is brain damage. Like, <laughs> that, that is no good. It was supposed to be a mild concussion. It was allegedly diagnosed as a mild concussion, and he just hasn't gotten much better. Now he's talking about his symptoms like like some weird stuff's going on, but I don't know. Like, I don't get why it's so secretive. Like, people know what concussion symptoms are, whether it's, you know, experiencing headaches or what, whatever the case may be. Like if he explained what was going on, then it's not like people would be completely taken aback by it. The concussions are things that happen. So it, it's a little weird. I don't think it should be any, any more. Like, I don't think people should be, any more worried than they were about Horford before he just doesn't want to talk about his concussion symptoms 
which is a bit weird. I don't get why, but it he still practiced. He went through practice, and he should be back soon. It, it, to, to me, like you have to be as careful as possible with a concussion. I don't care. Like all the, I get I get people tweet me that he's soft, that this and that. Shut up. Are you serious? This is a concussion we're talking about. This isn't like a, a twisted ankle that he's trying to play through or a, a jammed finger like Isaiah Thomas is playing through. This is a concussion. This is the brain. Like, come on, guys. Be better than that. <laughs> Be a lot yeah. better than that. Pe- people talking about his contract already. No, he signed for four years. He wasn't going to earn his contract in the first ten damn games of his first year with the Celtics. He's going to make a difference in the playoffs. He's going to make a difference in the offseason when teams are looking at them and say, you know what, Al Horford is the perfect guy. We want to go play with Al Horford because he's so unselfish, because he does so many things, because he seems like such a great damn teammate. So let's let's all calm down with the soft stuff. Shut up with that. <laughs> and, and hopefully he'll return Wednesday night and be healthy from then on. You know, you look, you look over... The Bulls, Doug McDermott had a concussion, and he came back, and then he had more concussion symptoms afterward. So this isn't something to play with. You, you, you want everything to improve completely until you get back on the court because obviously concussions are, are not something to play with at all. Yeah, yeah. Look, we are in a world where the NFL has gotten just crushed for how it handles concussions, how they send people – back out onto the field and not really paying attention to the symptoms and they put people at risk. And I hate to be morbid about this, but we've seen the worst of what happens when there are repeated brain injuries. Guys get this CTE. It eats away at their brains. It causes massive depression and that leads to a lot of really bad things. So we know what the worst of concussions can, can do to an athlete or to anybody. So let's just cut the crap when it comes to calling anybody soft that if he takes four weeks to come back from a mild ankle sprain, then we can call somebody soft. But this is a brain injury. First of all, it is out of his hands. He has to be honest about what he's feeling. If he's got any of the symptoms, he goes through the protocol. I hate the fact that we have said protocol in all of our podcasts for the past three weeks, but it's, it's that's the case. Protocol. That's it. Protocol. It's the lockdown protocol podcast with us, but that's, that's it. There's no, and it's there to take this mentality out of the process. There is a medical process that's set up. The steps are in place to ensure a player's health. And I would have loved to have Horford back five games ago, but I'm sorry that he's just not back yet. And I would rather have the guy be healthy and able to think like a normal human being into his seventies and eighties and beyond. If that's, if he's lucky enough, than be 55 years old and a vegetable. So that's it. That's the end. That's the brain injury. So yeah, I just don't know what he meant by that quote, though. He just means he's going to tell the symptoms later. He doesn't want to <laughs> say them yet. I don't know why he's not sharing them. 
I actually asked him why he's not sharing, and he wouldn't really say. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what the symptoms were and what kept him out for so long. He did say he's going to reveal them once he gets back. So we'll see, and hopefully, hopefully right. he'll be back soon. Hopefully he'll be back soon in one of the next two games. They are facing the Dallas Mavericks. This is, well, we're recording on Tuesday night, but this is the Wednesday show. Uh, They are facing the Mavericks Wednesday, the Warriors on Friday. Hopefully Al Horford is going to be back in one of those two games. And if you want to go see Al Horford's triumphant return to the parquet, you can do so using the SeatGeek app. It is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person, you can get tickets courtside. You can get tickets to the club seats, the the balcony, wherever you feel like sitting. Whatever fits into your price range, you can do it. And it's very easy because SeatGeek does a few things. And I've used it. I've seen it in action. They go through multiple ticket sites. So you don't have to go th- through a bunch of things. They do it all for you. So – Rather than you trying to compare prices, they they do it all. They have the map of the arena. You've got the green, the yellow, the red. They automatically let you know very quickly and easily that where you can get the most bang for your buck, and you can see the grade based on the value of the ticket. You get it right away. Their tickets are backed by a hundred percent guarantee, and you can just use your phone as you're walking. If you're just if you work in the neighborhood. Or if you are a Bruins fan, if you are going to, if you want to go to a Patriots game, a concert, you could do so last minute. You can use your phone, buy the tickets on your phone, show them the phone, and they will scan you in. That's it. You can do it. It can be a last minute impulse thing. Okay. This is what you need to do to get a $20 rebate. Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click add a promo code. Then you enter LO Celtics. Once you do that, you buy your first set of tickets, you'll get $20 back. It's that simple. I have done it. I've used it. It's really super easy. It's available on all platforms. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LO Celtics today. Maybe you'll get a chance to see Al Horford come back. What you will definitely see is Isaiah Thomas out there, and we haven't talked much about Isaiah Thomas at all this season. And all Isaiah Thomas is doing is going out there and just tearing it up night in and night out. This guy is the third Celtics player to score 20 points in each of his, each of his team's first 10 games, according to ESPN stats and info, Kevin McHale, Sam Jones, Isaiah Thomas, the only three players in Celtics history to score 20 points in each of the team's first 10 games of the season. That's that's pretty good company right there, man. <laughs> that's pretty damn good company, yes. That is, and he, he's just been so consistent. He has scored more than 20 points every game. He's had 30 points in half their games. He had you know, 18 in the fourth quarter when they're trying to come back from 10 points down against the Pelicans. He's just gotten to the hoop at will. It's just, it's crazy, crazy, crazy how much he gets into the paint, how much damage he does once he gets there. Considering that he's five foot nine, that one finish he had over Terrence Jones it was almost impossible. Like, 
He has these little ass arms. <laughs> he, he jumps into Terrence Jones, extends one of the little ass arms, <laughs> and so, somehow throws it over Jones, gets it in. It's it's unbelievable. Like it it really is just outrageous how much he does. One thing that's that's really evident over the first ten games, he's getting to the free throw line like a stud. Nine like and a half attempts per game. He's averaging three more free throw attempts so far over last year. Uh, and his career average is five. So he's almost doubling his career average. Yeah, that's just, that is monster, monster free throw attempts so far. And he's shooting at a higher percentage than all but one of his seasons so far. It, in, incrementally, but still, more free throws a slightly higher percentage, and on top of everything, his field goal percentage, he's shooting 46% from the field, his highest percentage so far from the field. His three-point percentage has dropped a little bit, and I'm not so sure how much that is his finger or if that's just a cold start from three. So he's down to about 33%, which is not great, but he's making up for it a lot by getting to the rim a lot and getting fouled a lot. So, uh, yeah, he's and, – and that takeover mode that he's got down the fourth quarter is amazing. His, his usage rate is up. His turnover rate is down. His efficiency is way up. It's like this guy, we, you know, people, people were surprised he became an all-star last season. He's much better now. He's played so well through 10 games. And we were talking about this. Like, you look at the Eastern Conference All-Stars, and those guards are stacked. It is a deep, deep conference with guards. And, like, if he keeps playing like this, he's got to make it, especially when the Celtics inevitably start to string together wins because Jay Crowder is going to come back. Al Horford's going to come back. They're, they're not going to be 500 forever. They're going to be one of the top teams in the conference. And with the numbers he's putting up, it, it's going to be really, really tough to keep him off the all-star. Yeah. Look, I mean, look at a guy. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> you got some screaming out there? I got some screaming on my computer. Stupid autoplay ads. Kentucky, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> you look at the guards as, as I call up their statistics in the East – First of all, as an aside, what DeMar DeRozan is doing this season is ridiculous because not only is he averaging 34 points a game, he's doing so with complete disregard for the three-point line. Just absolutely doesn't care about the three-point line. Everybody knows he's not going to shoot the three, and it doesn't matter. DeMar DeRozan's having an amazing start to the season. That that's I I have forever hated Demar Derozan's game. <laughs> he he has been one of my least favorite players for a long time. He doesn't pass enough for my liking. He takes contested shots all the time, which I hate. But you know what? What are you gonna say to the guy? What the hell are you gonna say to a guy who's who's doing it his way and scoring efficiently and helping his team? Be one of the best in the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, got nothing to say to Demar Derozan anymore. <laughs> maybe sorry for all the things I've said over the past years. Uh, he, I do think at some point he, he can't possibly keep up 
what he's doing. But you look I, at it. I always feel like there's this this Team USA boost. And guys play with Team USA during for one summer. And I think over a long time, at playing all those extra minutes wears you down. But when you go to Team USA for, for one summer, you come out of there and you've been playing against the best players in the world all summer. Like, practice every day. You're going up against... Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, everybody else, you get into the NBA, it's easy, man. Like that yeah. is, you, You're seeing it with Jimmy Butler. He, he's much, much better again. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, although those guys, their guys, they've always improved. So, But, yeah, two, two more guys, two more perimeter guys in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you look, at, you look at the East, it's like, okay, point guards, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker's having himself a silly start. Yep. Uh John Wall, I would say John Wall right now will will be left off the All-Star game. I love John Wall's game, but the Wizards aren't going to win enough, and there's just too much competition. There is too much competition. The question is, who gets voted in as a... As Wade, a- I'm, I'm going I'm to rant right now because Dwayne Wade is going to get voted in, and it's so stupid. Like his, The team he played however many years with to begin his career did not want to keep him. The Miami heat do not want to keep him. And yet people are still going to vote him onto the damn all-star team. The bulls are an average team. Dwayne Wade is an average. He's better than average, but he's, he's no all-star these days, but he'll make it so stupid. I, I hate that. I hate that. Well, okay. So, Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. Okay, so let's let's ask this question. If this continues, and it's way too early, it's 10 games. Some of these guys, John Wall's played seven games. If, if this continues, and these are the numbers when it comes time to pick the All-Stars, is it possible that with the Celtics winning more and Isaiah Thomas getting some more national love that he could get voted in could could boston vote isaiah thomas into the all-star game as a starter he would have to keep up the numbers that he's doing like right now there are four guys in the nba averaging at least 26 points and six assists that's james harden stephen curry russell westbrook and isaiah thomas and he's doing it while shooting 60.6% true shooting. Like, this yep. is just a tour de force from him so far. Just unbelievable how well he's playing. And, and you know, he's still – so, I don't know. I mean, he'd have to keep that up. And then the, the All-Star game, a lot of it is reputation. And, like, Kobe Bryant got voted in every year. You know, Tim Duncan – was he? He was always voted in, or I, I don't even know if he was voted in. Tim, Tim Duncan, I love Tim Duncan, man, but I, I don't even Wait. remember. I don't even remember. <laughs> we know, uh, we know how that goes. But look, you, you've got yes, it's reputation, but and and it's name recognition. So non-Celtics fans, when you look at the roster, you see Demar Derozan. Let's assume that he just maintains some level of this pace. And he is currently the East's leading scorer. Isaiah Thomas is second in the East in scoring. So when you look at these things, and these numbers are constantly put up there between now and the voting, if he can 
stay as the, the Eastern Conference's second leading scorer, then he has a shot. But a guy like Kyrie Irving, who is, you know, he's got his own shoe. He's on the champion. He's having a really good start to the season. LeBron is kind of stepping back a little bit, a tiny bit, to let Kyrie kind of go off. And, and look, Kyrie's taking 20 shots a game. LeBron's taking 17. So LeBron is going to continue to coast a little bit and let Kyrie handle the bulk of things, the younger guy. So he could easily get voted in, which means – I don't think if Dwayne Wade doesn't get voted in, then he doesn't make the team. So that could be like one of those things like I, Kyrie didn't make the team last year. So that gave Isaiah an opportunity to make, make the squad. I don't think there's any doubt that Isaiah makes the all-star team at this, at this point, the Celtics are going to be really good. They're still going to be a top three or four team, but by the all-star break, you have to give those guys a team at that level, at least one all-star, probably two. And that's I, – I, I just don't have any fear about Isaiah Thomas not making the all-star team. Even with guys like Kyrie and Wall and DeMar and other, you know, other guys staking a claim to, to those positions. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, t- to me – the Celtics, they might be hard-pressed to get a second. You know, Horford's already missed a lot of time. Crowder's missed a lot of time. Avery Bradley, for as much as he does for a team, like, is, is that going to be enough to make the All-Star team? We've already talked about how loaded the guards are. It's, it's really tough for a guy to crack that, and especially to crack it for the first time. Like, like it, as I said, a lot of it is a reputation thing, and I'm not sure... I'm not sure. I think Isaiah Thomas, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it right now. Isaiah Thomas will be their only all-star this season. Okay. I mean, it very very well could be. Not so bold prediction. And I think any of those other three guys could deserve to make it. I think Horford, there's no doubt he's one of the top however many players in the conference. I think Crowder was borderline last year, and Bradley's at least borderline this year. So that's not a knock on those guys, but I think it's just going to be the way it unfolds. Yeah, we haven't even talked about Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I mean, that's how that's how deep the East is. We uh, Kyle Lowry, I'm just getting around to mentioning him. So, yeah, I as much as I love what Avery Bradley has done, and he definitely would deserve a spot. There's just so many guards, just so many. You you would really you'd need somebody to withdraw, get hurt, sprain an ankle right before the game, or something like that to get somebody like Avery in there. The chances are if the Celtics get two, they would have to go into the forward position and it would be uh, Al Horford or Jay Crowder. That's just positionally. That's I think the way it would go. By the Assuming. Way, yeah. I just, I just want to alert everyone that this is, you can tell this is like an off day. Off day oh day. yeah. Oh and yeah. We're sick of talking about the rebounding. We're sick of talking about the defense. We're sick of talking about concussion protocol, how much Jay Crowder's return is going to help. The We're sick of talking about all the stuff we've been talking about after every single damn game. So, you know what? It's 10 games in. <laughs> it's and we 10 games talk, in. We're picking all-stars. We will talk about the goddamn all-star game if we want to. 
<laughs> oh God. What a you know, we should have come up with like a a locked on Celtics podcast drinking game where it's like every time we say protocol, it's a sip. Every time we say rebounding, it's a shot. Uh what else would Offense, it be? Offensive rebounding. Yeah. Tyler Zeller, poor Tyler Zeller. Any Tyler Zeller mentioned it's a chug. <laughs> um what else? Uh, any what else? Um, laughing at Marcus Smart flop is a chug. Oh, what yeah, else? God, God, that's got to be a chug. <laughs> I, I still I've looked I've watched his troll job more like <laughs> it's just so funny. He's he, he's too funny, man. He's, I, he's, I, I love he's his good. flops and I love his reactions to flops. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I if there was a twenty four seven channel of Marcus Smart just flopping. Like, send him to the mall and, like, have him flop on people in the mall and send him to, like, everywhere. Just have him go out in public and just flop and sell it as much as he does. I would watch I would watch that channel. I would watch a show of just Marcus Smart flopping, and I would be perfectly happy doing that. <laughs> chug, everybody. Yeah. Chug. Chug, 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 chug. chug. Uh, we'll tweet us with the hashtag Rain and Jays. Other things that we haven't mentioned, what would the the locked on Celtics drinking game be? And if, if you want to include things that I don't realize that I say or Jay says or Sam says, we can do that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm sick of the concussion protocol sip and talking about the rebounding shot and all of that stuff. Uh, we you can get really nice and lit on, <laughs> in one of our podcasts with this drinking game. Yeah. You'd be you'd yeah, be nice. It'd be a nice Friday night thing to do. Yeah, except a lot of you are probably listening to us on like your commute in the morning. Could could be a little risky there. Probably shouldn't do that. Might you should probably wait till you get to work. Do it when you get to work. You know, just bring some of those little nips. Go to like Cappies and grab yourself a, a you know bag full of those nips, and then uh, just. Whatever. No one's looking. You know what you need to do is you need to put it on loud in the office and convince your boss to do it with you. Yes. See, now you're thinking. This this is how you make America great again. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where we end the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Remember to download the SeatGeek app. Enter the promo code L-O Celtics to get a $20 rebate off of your first ticket purchase. Remember to subscribe to our show if you still want to after that uh, little escapade. But please subscribe uh, wherever it is, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, wherever you get podcasts. Grab our RSS feed off of the Audio Boom page. Plug it into your app. Boom, you get it every day. Rate us wherever you can rate us five stars if you want to just – write five stars on a piece of paper and hand it to people and say, this is my lockdown Celtics rating. Sure. We'll take that too. That's okay. It all works for us. It all helps. Uh, and, uh, on that note, we're going to leave you with a little clip. This is me doing my regular Tuesday hit in Bangor with my friends, Ryan waning, rich Kimball. It's the downtown show on AM 620 in Bangor, Maine. This has been the lockdown Celtics podcast. We are part of the lockdown podcast network. Before you go, remember, it's never too early to talk about the offense. <laughs>
minutes to go till the top of the hour here on downtown. Rich Kimball, Ryan Waning getting on board the GM family market phone line to talk Celtics. Our friend John Corrales of RedsArmy.com and the Locked On Celtics podcast. John, good afternoon. Hey, how you guys doing? I'm doing well. Do your do your eyes hurt from watching that ugliness last night? <laughs> Not from watching the game itself, but from the bleach I poured into them afterwards to erase the memory of what I watched. That was just, well, sloppy is the best word I could come up with. Yeah. You know, that's the the real concern here. It's not that we can sit here and make the excuses about the injuries, and they're legitimate. You're asking guys who wouldn't normally play a lot or in these situations to make plays. But it's, it's this effort. It's this kind of lackadaisical effort that, that comes along in stretches where they seem to have certain things in hand early and then they relax. And there's no reason to relax when you're the Celtics, when you're an injury-depleted Celtics team. So that's, that's a big concern. When it's a mental thing, it gets to be a concern. Do you think some of this has to do with maybe reading too much of their own press clippings in the offseason? Like they thought they might have bumped themselves up to the next level without the effort? You know, I, I can't say it's not. I, I don't know exactly what is causing some of this. They just seem to uh, relax at the wrong times, and, and maybe they're just kind of relying on some of the excuses. Maybe they do. Maybe they do think they're better than they are. Or maybe... They think that there's a, or they're used to a safety net back there that doesn't exist, and they just <laughs> forget that it doesn't exist. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This is it's hard for me to be on here trying to explain what's going on when it's all between the, the ears. They have to figure out on their own, in their own heads, why they are not playing hard for 40-plus minutes a game. And it sure seems like at least some of the crew, primarily Isaiah Thomas, but I think some others, are frustrated by the lack of effort because they don't understand it. Yeah, and look, these guys, Isaiah is generally trying pretty hard. Avery Bradley is generally trying pretty hard. I think, and maybe we just need to be more realistic about who is playing these other minutes and guys like James Young, who had a little bit of a breakout game, uh, against Indiana, but not always known for giving it his all. A guy like Gerald Green's completely now on the bench. Tyler Zeller, th- these guys just not uh, the types of players that are going to do some of the things we need them to do. So I think maybe it's our own expectations. Things like this are based on our own expectations, and, and we expected them to be better. And when these efforts come out, uh, we're trying to hold them against our own vision of what the team should be and I guess maybe it's up to us to sit there and say when this team is not fully healthy this is the type of thing that's going to happen you're just going to have a bunch of real bad lulls because you're expecting Tyler Zeller to go out there with Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier and Jordan Mickey and and just putting them all together they don't look real good that's not a good lineup to put out there and we just have to expect that that's going to be a bad lineup. With some of the trade rumors and the names that pop up again and again for the Celtics, do you, but when you're playing teams like the Pelicans who have the opposite of what the Celtics have and they have that star, do you think that amplifies things or makes it more pressing for the Celtics to see, hey, maybe this is what we need, not depth, but the guy? Well, it, that 
I think that's been known that they need right. another guy. That's I don't think facing a, a Pelicans team, and really it wasn't Anthony Davis that did them in. So I don't think last night's a good example of that. It wasn't like Anthony Davis went all brow on us last night. He was actually he was held in somewhat check. Uh, he's got a back injury. He had uh, took a knee to the thigh from Kelly Olynyk, so he's banged up. If he went full Anthony Davis, the guy that dropped like 50 points at the beginning of the season, then we could sit there and say, yeah, obviously we need to stop a guy like that. We wish we could have a guy like that. But when it's random guys off of the bench scoring 20 points on you, then you just got to look at the, the depth is an issue. So I, I don't think it's necessarily what you're saying it is. I think we've always known, look, they need a guy, and that's why these rumors pop up. That's why DeMarcus Cousins rumors pop up all the time, and even a, a fake Clay Thompson rumor gets everybody all hot and bothered because they are looking for the guy. But at the same time, that depth is important. It just It's hard when two of your best players are not there, and Kelly Olenek is, is still getting back into the groove, and you're asking, again, you're asking Jordan Mickey to play big minutes against Anthony Davis. And that's not going to go well. So speaking of that Clay Thompson rumor, which one are you, hot or bothered? <laughs> I'm neither because that's not happening. Uh, that, that was that's a cautionary tale. I love Brian Scalabrini, but I think he got duped by a headline that came from a, a, a site that's not known for its fact checking. Let's say, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of there are a lot of stories out there now that kind of show you the the chain of how certain websites that are just out there getting clicks. And, and making money off of clicks, they're the ones putting stuff like this out there, and he kind of got duped by it. That's all right. We still love Scal. Uh, I'm not putting any emotional or mental effort into any sort of Clay Thompson rumor because at this point, I, I just don't think that's going to happen. We're talking with John Corrales, RedsArmy.com, and the Locked on Celtics podcast. So uh, what can Brad Stevens do at this point? Those guys uh, don't appear to be coming back uh, at least right away. So what can he do to get more inspired play out of the people he does have? That is an excellent question. Play them more minutes, play the guys more minutes, or, or stagger some of the substitutions so there's not as much uh, Jordan Mickey and other end-of-the-bench Tyler Zeller types out there. But against a big team like New Orleans, they kind of felt like they had to go big. I don't know what, what you can do other than pull the old college yell and scream at guys, but that doesn't, seem, that doesn't work, and that's not Brad's style. You just you got to try to impress upon these guys that they don't do well without giving a maximum effort all the time, and you got to put it on guys like Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley and, and Kelly Olenek and Isaiah Thomas. To look, <laughs> you need to go out there and kind of carry the load because we can't rely on these other guys. So if we're going to get these wins while Horford and Crowder are out, you guys got to really, really pick up your level of play. But the good news is that it looks like Horford has, I don't want to say cleared the last steps of the concussion protocol, but he hasn't failed it yet. So there is still some speculation now that he might be ready to go tomorrow. And uh, Jay Crowder was out shooting around after practice today, so he might be ready to go on Friday. So maybe next time we talk, we won't be talking about injuries. I hope, I hope, I hope. Well, And the other piece of good news is it's still pretty early in the season to be thinking about pushing any kind of a panic button. 
yeah, we get too caught up in the moment. That's what we always do. Uh, and it, it happens everywhere, every team. And right now, look, the Celtics have had all these injuries. They haven't still played a, a game with their whole team together. And they've, they've at least come out of it at uh, 500. So, all right, maybe will that mean that they won't get to the 52, 53, 54 wins? Who knows? They, they could very well have a, a big run in them as the team comes together gets that cohesion, and starts to move into December and January. So, and look, on the plus side, there, if you want to get real silver lining on us, Al Horford hasn't been running around, uh, so that's minutes not on his legs. So hopefully that helps him last a little bit longer during the season. Same with Crowder. Once these guys get back into shape, you know, you miss a few games. It's not the worst thing in the world in November. So there are silver linings. We have to be patient. We have to... Hopefully, get by. You know, get to the All Star break, and we will have to be reminded of the. Oh, remember when we were all panicking? Yeah, not a big deal. <laughs> right, I feel better already. That's why we bring you on, John, to to calm <laughs> us down, get us off the ledge. Hey, we appreciate it, John. Thanks as always. Have a great weekend. We'll check in with you again next Tuesday. All right, see you guys. That's John Corrales, RedsArmy.com, Locked On Celtics. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.